You want to start with a hi, or you just want to do the welcome? Hello, welcome. We're hanging out in the mids room today. We are. How is it? It's my, my back hurts. This chair is really low. Welcome to Echo Online Service. We're so thankful to have you watching today. Pastors Andy and Christy are sharing a message today about commitment as part of our series on healthy relationships. Hey you, yeah you. You should think about being part of a table community. Our summer groups are kicking off and we have so many great opportunities for you to get involved. Sign up today, it's not too late. Lastly, let's talk about generosity. We have a vision to reach our community and beyond. And your giving determines the speed at which we can realize this vision. This includes finding Echo a permanent home, making a difference in our community, blessing more people, and building the right team and staff at Echo to make an impact. You can be part of bringing this vision to life through your giving. And so you can text any amount to 84321. Thank you for being part of this vision. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you enjoy the Echo Online Sunday service. Good morning, Echo Church. Just join us in a time of worship. When night is falling and fear is calming, still you're calling me. When faith is lost and my hope exhausted, you will be my strength. Sing it out. When my mind says I'm not good enough, God, you're enough for me. Yeah. I've decided I'm not giving up. So you won't give up on me. You won't give up on me. Love is holding on and it won't let go.
never gonna let me down Jesus in this moment God God no matter what our circumstances in this place no matter what we walk in this room with Jesus God we just lay it at your feet and we declare that you are good Jesus can we just sing that out again? You are good. And you are good. You're good. And oh, you are good. You're good. And oh, you are good. You're good. And oh, you are good. You're good. opportunity to worship in this place to enter in into your presence and to seek renewal in this place amen are we thankful to be in church in this place yeah hey christy nice you to show up yeah 105 you are a little late i know i'm sorry we usually find players for that stuff you find me yeah we find you you, you get better after i was getting mentored emotionally you were yeah okay all right. Well, we're gonna take some ground balls. We're gonna see. We're gonna see your game. Game on. I like your. You like my shirt. Gretzky. Yeah. Right. Played for the North Stars. He didn't play for the North Stars. Huh. Gretzky did not. Yeah, he so did. He did. Okay. All right. Hey, get over there. You're gonna take some ground balls. Get over there. Who did he play for? Get down there. And get ready. All right. What am I doing here? Get, right. I'm just catching balls. Oh yeah. You need to field these ground balls. Ground balls. Ground balls. Are you ready, Christy? Yes, totally. Ready? Yeah. No coaching, just. Oh! I did it! You caught it. Oh! Two in a row. Oh. Two in a row. Oh my gosh! Three in a row. I'm gonna throw out my back. Oh my gosh, it hurts! What'd you just do different? I didn't do anything. Keep catching the ball. Slow her down! Oh my god! Oh, oh I got her! It got her! Oh my goodness. Play her down. I got pegged in the chin and the wrist. Oh, Get it out of here. Four in a row, you did so well, and then the fifth one came and. Came in what? No, you weren't prepared. Kind of like when you showed up here late. Whatever. It was Lizzie and Isaiah's turn. Respect for the game. Respect, respect, respect. I'm done. That hurt really bad. All right. Christy, you got to get these. We don't quit until you get three in a row, okay? Wait, I did. Well, we're going to do three in a row. Wait, now. I got three in a it row. It doesn't matter. I changed the rules. I get to. Yeah. I am, want... I am terrified okay. now. No, you're, you're ready. Sweating. You're ready. No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. Lower. One, two. Oh. <laughs> One, two. One, two, no. three. Here it comes. I'm done. I'm seriously done. I'm too scared right now, and my hip is killing me. I want you to do it. Show me. Peg him. 
<laughs> Good. Stop it! Caleb, Andy, are you serious? Shut up, stop! I... Babe, stop it! Christy, I reviewed the tape, and I really thought a lot about it. I think it's a commitment thing. And I think getting started on some of these things ahead of time is going to be important and doing some things before we got to the things we did. So I'm going to tell you a little story about commitment for me. Okay. Uh, 30 years ago, roughly, uh, I was uh, graduating high school playing on a really elite baseball team. Runners at first and second. My coach gives me the bunt sign and basically he gives the sign to give it, right? Yep, and, yep. Uh, and I decided that uh, I wasn't going to bunt. So he throws the first pitch. I just ignore it, foul the ball off, strike one. Happens again, he gives the sign, I decide to ignore it again. Uh, and that time, I think I let the pitch go or whatever, strike two. So when baseball, when you have two strikes, if you bunt and you foul it off, you're out automatically. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I'm safe, it's two strikes. Uh, coach turns around, screams, Beavers, you're going to bunt. I mean, everybody now knows I'm gonna bunt, right? Players move up, they recognize it. I'm embarrassed. At this point, I have to make a really big choice on mm -hmm. how am I gonna behave, Yeah. right? And so uh, I obliged, I put the bunt down. Believe it or not, I got a base hit. So there's bases loaded. Uh, and I was, you know, fearing the wrath of God, obviously at that point, you know, yeah. knowing that he's going to come after me. Mm -hmm. uh, amazing enough, inning ends, go through the game. He doesn't say a word to me, the rest of the game. Uh, and at the end of the game, he walks up to me and all he says is, you're going to bunt until I tell you not to do mm -hmm. so. So for the next 30 at-bats, which is about 15 games, 10 to 15 games, uh, I had to bunt every time. And I use the word had, but interesting enough, I had 26 hits in 30 at-bats. That means I'm hitting like 900. I'm doing really, really well. Um, lo and behold, at-bat 31, he decides to not give me the bunt. Uh, yeah, I did. I bunted anyways. I put one down and got another chance. And really for me, what I learned through that, it wasn't about me. Mm -hmm. It was about the team. Come on, come on. Y'all. Truth bomb. Truth bomb Sunday. All I got to say is I don't know how I get convinced into this stuff. It's good. It's all for you. All for you. But like, like this video that we just watched, today we are going to be talking about commitment. And we're on our third base of foundational elements for healthy relationships. Who remembers what first base was? Honesty, thank you, Sam. We're matching today, Sam and I. <laughs> second base. What's second base? Respect. Respect. And third base is commitment. And we are gonna unpack that today. But like you saw in the video, I committed to catching the ball. And as soon as I got hurt, Christy wanted to bail. She done. I was done. Fear set in, it was hard. And like, like that, I think that can happen very easily in relationships, maybe things you've committed to. I know my style typically is I commit right away, I'm all in, and I'll figure out the details as we go. Well, Andy Cass over here is a little more methodical and meticulous and thorough. Who's thorough before making the decision? Like, you got to figure it all out, get all the details, then you're all in. Who's like me and you're just spontaneous, impulsive? <laughs> you guys are all the fun people. We're the fun people. <laughs> 
So I think a lot of times that we can get in a position where we say we're committing to something and then what happens is we could become a little flaky, a little hurt, wounded. And so today we want to talk to you about how to stay strong, how to stay committed because it's worth it. Amen. I see Coach Wade in the back. Hi, Wade. Hey, come on, Thanks, come Wade. On. We appreciate you. We honor you. You're a great coach. Thanks, Wade. Yes. Clap for Wade. I'm it's good I, stuff. I'm going to miss the weekly videoing after yeah, this I'm series. Yeah, sure you are. So we'll have, to get coach, <laughs> we'll have to get Coach Wade to coach you on another thing later down the road here. So. so bad. When Andy's editing, he likes to just keep hitting rewind and watching me getting hit over and over and over. I still have bruises. All right, today we are going to start with the verse in Proverbs. So open up your Bible or your Bible app on your phones. Go to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. It says this, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. So one thing I like to note about this verse is the first thing we're supposed to do is what? Commit. Commit. Commit, and then he will establish our plans. And so it's that act of obedience. Do you guys know what commitment means? When I was looking this up, it says dedication, devotion, allegiance. I love that one. And allegiance. Loyalty, faithfulness, fidelity, bond, and attentiveness, and adhereness, that you are adhered to it, or the person, and then responsibility. And I think that these are very strong words for big reasons why of what commitment means. And so that's what God's calling us to. Andy, how do you do with commitments? What are you committed to right now? I'm, I'm currently committed to my mustache. Tell, him, tell the crowd why you have a mustache right now. Like, this is an example of why. He, there's actually a reason. Let's, why about, do you have it? It's about time for me to get a new driver's license. He's not kidding. And so whenever it's new facial hair, new, new ID, he wants an enhanced driver's license. So I better start growing out the stash. How do you guys feel about it's that? A, it's a must. It's a must. I'm, I'm really happy that you're committed to that. I made the mistake a couple years ago, more than a couple, was the last time I signed up for something like this. I signed up for the colored ash. Remember when those are really trendy? You know, oh, go running and have powder thrown at you. Anyone do that? Anyone sign up because you like running? Raise your hand. Who signed up because you thought it would just be fun getting colored? Only me? Okay, a few people, yes, thank you. So I signed up for a 5K and I had a good two months, three months to. I'm pretty sure I was like, Christy, you should probably start training. In fact, he kept hounding me, actually. I was like, I got this. Don't worry about it. I'll start tomorrow. So lo and behold, tomorrow. my first run was when I arrived at RCTC to start the run. <laughs> Let's just say I, I made it uh, 100 meters. You did. But I committed, and I showed up, and I walked it out. <laughs> you walked It was good, and I got, I got the pictures on the Instagram. Christy, Christy wanted a new car, uh, and uh, she was really, really... I didn't have a car. I was borrowing our in, my in-laws, so I needed a car. Yeah, so she really wanted a Jetta. Right? I wanted a Jetta or a Bug. I liked Volkswagens. And, this and, is pre-kids. And I like, I like the manual stick shift. And uh, so I was trying to say, Christy, we, I just found this Jetta, but it's manual. And the only way you're going to get a Jetta ever, I kind of maybe exaggerated slightly. I said, if, if you learn how to... Drive do, stick shift? Yeah. So he drove up to Minneapolis and purchased it and brought it home and said, now learn. Because our second <laughs> car 
was a stick shift. So I had two cars in our driveway that were stick shift. We made the commitment. And if I'm remembering correctly, we took a drive, like a day trip or a couple day trip up to Duluth. And we pulled off that exit. And Duluth it was hilly, guys. Oh, man. You, I wish I had a camera that day because it was just like her base per, baseball uh, interaction. And I'm pretty sure you got out of the car. And went to the back seat <laughs> at an intersection. She was committed, but not that Threw committed. Threw the e-brake on and got in the back and said, you're driving, I'm done. This is stressful and scary. I can't, who does not know how to drive stick shift? <gasps> Who's you're... tried and has failed? <laughs> it was, we used to live by Elton Hills. Elton Hills is pretty hilly. You know, when you're approaching the highway, let's just say I killed it. And we were in youth ministry at the time, and I definitely had teenagers in the car when I was <laughs> struggle bus. Bree was probably in the car there. It was good. I did a great job. So sometimes we commit to things before we necessarily know what we're getting into, right? Absolutely. So we've committed to a few things and obviously some, some lighthearted uh, issues or uh, commitments. But at the same time, Christy and I, when we got married, we, we, we got committed and we are committed together. And as I was looking up that word in Proverbs where it says, commit your ways to the Lord, that word in Hebrew is galel. And it just simply means to roll together which I think is just kind of a fun way to say, hey, you know what, let's roll. Let's roll together. And, and uh, interesting enough is you kind of delve into that meaning or other references to that scripture. You see that uh, to roll is, is kind of, um, is, is that term. And you can see it popping up in rolling the stone away from the wells. Because what would happen is if you were going to water the sheep, you would cover up the watering uh, well so then it wouldn't get contaminated or whatever, what else, whatever else might happen. And so shepherds would need to roll the rocks away together in order to water their sheep. And I think that's just a really great picture of the need for us to work together to water and to keep our relationships healthy. Commitment is a foundational issue. And that's why I like this idea that, that if it's respect or honesty or commitment, these are foundational uh, concepts to our relationships. They are the basis of every healthy relationship. And so if it's Jacob in Genesis 23, he rolls away the, the, the and this is kind of funny, he rolls away that, that rock or he helps water the sheep and he ends up finding a wife. Any single people in, in, in the room? I uh, wish we had some rocks. local wells here that could help you out a little bit more. And the same thing happens to Moses. He flees and he ends up helping the shepherdess and ends up getting married. And, um, and I just like that idea of, of this idea of rolling together, is committing together. Uh, Psalms 37, four says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. And then it says this, commit your way to the Lord. Uh, and, and I'd like to just kind of re-paraphrase it with this new concept or this new meaning, uh, to roll with the Lord. Commit to roll to, with the Lord, trust in him and he will act. He'll act on your Behalf, And so I just kind of want to throw that out as an idea that in our relationships, we are to roll together. We are to commit. We are to do things together. And, and I think it's something special to commit and to covenant in a relationship one to another. 
but today I want to jump into the story of, of Solomon as king, as he makes his commitment to the Lord, as the Lord is going to abide in the temple. And so if you have, uh, if you have your Bibles or, or your app, open up uh, to 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 55. We're going to go ahead and just kind of, uh, kind of maneuver through this scripture. What I, what I love about King Solomon is he's living out his life's purpose. And that's to build the temple of the Lord. But he comes to this profound moment. It's the completion of the temple and he's going to dedicate it to God and he's going to invite God to inhabit this temple, to live there, that his presence would abide in this one space. And and really it's, it's, it's almost as if it's a image of a modern day marriage. It's this covenant relationship that God is going to make with men uh, uh, and humankind once again. And so this is what happens. Uh, King Solomon, he, he goes up and he's praying in the temple or before the temple and he's prostrated before the altar. He's positioned himself in a humble position. And then in verse 55, it says this, he stood and he blessed the whole assembly of Israel in a loud voice saying this, praise be the Lord who has given rest to his people, Israel, just as he had promised. Not one word has failed of the good promises that he gave through his servant, Moses. What I find absolutely intriguing is is really uh, God continues to make his covenant. He keeps making his commitment over and over with the people that have gone before Solomon. And now this is Solomon's moment to go ahead and recommit to what God has already committed to his people. And so if you can, uh, if you can remember, if you, if you know anything about the Bible, God makes his commitment to Abram. And then he makes his, he actually, it's actually this really crazy moment where, where he, God delivers his people and Moses out of Egypt. And then they're in Mount, you know, they're next to Mount Sinai and, and in the desert. And, and, and God is going and giving the law and giving the 10 commandments to Moses. And then Moses comes down this mountain and the people are not committed to God anymore, right? They have gone out and they, they made it this golden image, this golden calf image, and they're worshiping this calf and, and God gets angry. And there's, pro- and again, you know, it's so easy to dis- disconnect God with feelings, but I believe that, that in that scripture, we can go ahead and really see how God's feelings and his emotions are a part of, of, of this unrest that he has with his people. And he goes as far as, 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 as giving Moses the option of saying, let's get rid of all these people and let's just start over with you. And, and, and so when Solomon brings up the servant Moses, it evokes this memory that Moses could have restarted that covenant and he could have been the founding father of the faith. But instead, Moses stays committed to God's promise to Abram and says, no, 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 God, there is no restarting here. What we're going to do is recommit our relationship to you and the promise and the original covenant that you made to humankind. You all catching my drift? 
And this is all going to lead to this one big idea that I'm going to tell you uh, in a moment. And so, but you need to know that back, that, you know, that, that backstory, because it's really in this place of failure that Moses reminds his people that God is committed and he should stay committed. And it, I, I was, you, know, you, you guys realize in, in, in my uh, table community on Thursday night, I reminded the guys that God doesn't test uh, you in order for God to know who you are. God tests you so you know who you are. And I believe that's this moment that Moses is testing God, saying, guess what, what who are you? What type of person are you? Are you gonna be committed to what I'm committed to? And that's, in, 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 in essence, that commitment and covenant stays because Moses reminds God. And then verse 37, Solomon prays and he says this, may the Lord our God be with us. May the Lord be with us. May he roll with us as he's rolled with our ancestors. May he never leave us nor forsake us. May he turn our heart, may, may he turn, listen to that. It's not saying may we turn our hearts to God. He says, may he, may God turn our hearts to him to walk in obedience to him and keep the commands and decrees and laws he gave our ancestors. How many admit that man, we need God to turn our hearts towards him? We need help. And then for, and verse 39, it says, may these word of my, words of mine, which I have prayed before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night, that he may uphold the cause of his servants and the cause of his people Israel according to each day's need, so that all the people of the earth may know the Lord is God and that there is no other. See, Moses' argument back to God was if you take care of, if you get rid of these Israelite people, then the world will know that you are not the God that hold, held to your covenant to your commitment. And, and Solomon's reminding God in that again. And then this is what I want you to read. And may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God, to live by his decrees and to obey his commandments as at this time. And then something absolutely significant ha happens. Solomon offers a sacrifice, a fellowship offering to the Lord. Now listen to the amount. 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. So the king of the Israelites dedicated the temple of the Lord. I'm telling you this story to tell you this one big idea. Commitment will cost you. Commitment in a relationship will always cost you. Commitment costs God his disappointment. It costs God his feelings, his desires. And, and, and again, we don't know if God's testing Moses or not or, or the Israelites for himself or just for them or if God really wants to just start over or whatever it might be. But, but we know that God is disappointment, uh, disappointed in his people and it costs God what he wanted to do and his, because of his disappointments. Commitment cost Moses a position. He could have been the new founder of faith. Commitment cost the Israelites to turn from their wicked ways and to follow God. And commitment cost Solomon and the nation. Do you know what that equivalent of meat is today? It's 13 million pounds of beef. Come on, does anybody know how to party on food, food Truck Sunday? 
I mean, where is the beef? That's in Israel. <laughs> Not at Wendy's. I'm always disappointed there, but um, you got to be old enough to know that reference. Nine million pounds, nine million pounds of sheep and goat. And Solomon was willing to make that, that co- he was willing to pay that cost. See, commitment will cost you something. It always does. We believe commitment is the concrete in the foundation of all healthy relationships. It's a non-negotiable. I know I see a lot of times, I think we live in a society where we commit once, well, I'll commit, like if I think of plans, let's talk about some plans. Maybe this is you or maybe you have a friend like this where, hey, do you wanna go get dinner? Yeah, we'll see. It's more of a like, let me see what else is going on and then I'll commit. You know, and I just think there's scripture after scripture that God calls us to commit first and then he will establish our plans. I think of relationships, Andy and I dating, we dated for three and a half years before we got married. I knew he was committed to me when we were dating, but there was something extremely powerful when he put a ring on it. Because yes, we could talk future. Yes, we could show through our actions and our morals and our devotion to each other. But when we said we are committing to each other and made that covenant and made that promise, I knew he was gonna be there. Now, we see a lot of times the commitment fades, we get hurt, there's things that happen. That's the world that we live in. But God is calling us to be people who are committed first and figure out the rest along the way. And that doesn't mean we abuse our partner or abuse our workplace where we've committed to be an employee or a colleague, but God is calling us to live bigger and to commit. And it is a character thing. I think so often we can get stuck with excuses or tally marks or it's like what Carrie Garcia did a few months back. I have my mic, but the, this thing, you get it. Can you do it, Andy, with your hands? Do you know what I'm talking about? You're saying no. stay away, Yes, come but come close. closer. But it's, that's what we do with commitment. I'll commit, but if this happens, I hear it in conversation. It's I'll do this, but if this happens, I'm out. Y'all saw it in the video, I was done. Like I couldn't get past what just happened. I think of the baseball analogy, if I'm, at a ba- if I'm trying to, to hit a ball and I get striked out and I have to return to the dugout, that's commitment. I, I like to win, so if I'm not going, running to first base, bummed, Christy, let's pretend I'm a player here, I'm walking back to the dugout, but I'm gonna go back up when it's my turn again and I'm gonna cheer on my team. And I just think in society, it's a scary world right now, we don't really live a life of commitment or it's not celebrated. And we mm. want to be people who celebrates commitment. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Where there is no commitment, there is no foundation. And where, is, where there is no foundation, there is no safety and security. And Christy alluded to it just a, a moment ago. But when you're on a baseball team, it doesn't matter if you strike out or if you get on base, eventually we all return to the dugout because that's what it means to be on the team. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And Coach Wade, man, um, your story about bunting, I think is so powerful that it illustrates that when you don't really wanna do what is asked of you, are you still going to do it? That is what commitment is. And so today we wanna ask you, what are you committed to? 
Who are you committed to? And then how about this one? How are you showing your commitment? And you all know this, and I, this is nothing new, but, but, but I'm going to say it anyway. Commitment is a decision. And if anybody follows Christy and I on, on Instagram, you've noticed that I have made a recent commitment. I purchased a 1973 Airstream that is a salvage title and tipped on its side. And it was full of rats and mice and ants. He's not kidding. And I thought it was a good idea to renovate it. Super easy. And I have recently made that commitment and I am overwhelmed. And yesterday I'm sitting there and I'm trying to pop rivet about a hundred pop rivets out of this aluminum siding. And, and I was just telling Isaiah, uh, just before service here, I was drilling one out and man, it felt like a baseball hit my nose with just a piece of metal. And I was like, oh man, what happened there? And then I realized I'm really soft. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I continued on. But bottom line is as I was processing and I was thinking about this Airstream and the project, it just popped in my mind that many people would see this Airstream and they would see what is wrong, but I see what's right. I think that's the art of commitment. That yes, you see what's wrong and what needs to be repaired and what we need to work on, but at the root of of that relationship, we see what's right. And that's what I'm committed to. Now, now the verdict's out if whether or not I finish this Airstream in 2021. (laughs) He's finishing Um, it. Everyone hear that. Anyway. We'll hire. Yeah. (laughs) Take a loan out. But to be committed to an individual, we need to begin to see what is right. And today what we want to do is unpack real quickly um, is, is relational roles. And if we understand relational roles, we'll understand commitment levels. Did you hear that? Relational roles, understanding relational roles will begin to help us understand commitment levels. Now, there's different relational types that we find on the field of baseball. And, and I believe the same thing uh, is in life. And so there's three of them. Uh, the first relational role is the manager versus, or the manager with the player. Uh, another relational role on, in the game of baseball is the fan and the player. And then the last one that we want to talk about is the player and the player. Y'all catching the drift here in the relational roles? And so what we want to do is kind of unpack a few of those and how they can relate to our relationships uh, in our life. And again, just a reminder, this isn't just about being married. This is also about being single. It's about being in a family. It's about relations within church. And uh, we're going to kind of unpack a lot of those things uh, uh, this morning. And so let's go ahead and start unpacking the manager versus player. We want to remind you, if you are married, you did not marry a project, you married a person. <laughs> Some people are laughing, Write but that, that man, that, that is good. Also, if you have children, your children are not projects. They are people. They're human beings that probably act a lot like you. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Say that one again, Christy. That was good. And cry again. <laughs> if you have children, they are not projects. They are people who more than likely are acting like you, the good and the bad. 
God calls us to interact with people, not projects. I think like the Airstream right now, we're in the thick of looking at the close-up view of the destruction, and we currently have a lot of holes in our Airstream because Andy's tearing it apart. And I think we can get so stuck on what's wrong, what needs to be fixed. And I'm not saying where God doesn't call us to fix things and to help and to care for, but the big picture is looking at the people, looking at what God's given you as a gift and not looking at it through a lens of it's a distraction, it's annoying, it's too much work, how am I ever gonna do this? And I just think it's a big part of our attitude and how we live. I think with the manager versus the player connection is we need to be careful in our relationships, no matter what the context of that relationship is, to not, not overly control a relationship. Y'all get what I'm saying? I think the uniqueness of, of a manager or a coach um, and, and our relationships is yes, we have our opportunities to, to be that type of a manager or a coach in relationships, but I think it, it can be really unhealthy when that's who we are to all people or to our spouse, or there are some of you that are in dating relationships and, and you're dating a project because you hope to change them so they're fit for marriage. And I just have to say this is, is if you're that type of person, um, you know, don't be committed uh, to seeing change in a person, learn how to be committed to the person. And if you can't be committed to the person as they are today, then, then that might be a sign for you to make a change before you make a covenant relationship with them forever. Because, and I don't want to be a downer. I was Googling this last night and I decided to not even bring up the statistics, but, it, but it's not very likely for people to change in life. You realize that? After some point, we're, we're just who we are. Uh, and, and so I just want to just remind you today, um, you know, when it comes to a relationship, uh, relationships are give and take. And in and, 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 and the book, uh, Timothy Keller writes, excellent book if you're looking to read a book about relationships uh, called The Meaning of Marriage. He makes this one point that no two people are compatible. Let's just let that sink in a little bit. You know, we have manager-player relationships and those are good. And sometimes we do need to step into people's life and become coach, you know, be a coach to them or allow them to be coach to us. But let's not forget that we'll never be fully compatible to each other. But that's the stretching and the miracle working of what God can do within us is when two non-compatible people become one and they reflect God's power Power and his mercy and grace to the world around them because in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of getting hurt, in the midst of trial and, and troubles, we can still honor God and honor each other in commitment. Y'all get what I'm saying? Can I hear an amen? Yeah. I mean, I got to say this, you know, the man um, full of potential that you're looking at and, you know, some of you that are looking to date um, will, will eventually potentially disappoint you down the road. And they'll really mess with the projections that you hope to. So let's go ahead and change our ideas of, of commitment and, 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 and hoping to change a person and, 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 and be 
honest and truthful and, and stand on a good foundation of God's word and who a person should be in our life. But let's not, man, let, man, let's not try to change people. Let's let God change that person. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the next one, fan versus player. So fans, let's think the sport and then just envision your relationships. A fan is paying to watch the game. So if you're going to the physical game, you're in the stands, right? And if it doesn't go well, are you still a fan? Some are, some are not. <laughs> see both. Any Fairweather fan, fair, Fairweather fans here? It's okay. Oh nope. yeah, we got one right here. We got one honest person right That's here. good. But my whole thing is if the player is doing all the work, the fan is up in the stands or the fan is watching on the screen or listening, and it's not an equal relationship. And God is calling us to give our all, to show up. So if you are the player and you're doing the practice and you're doing the work, it looks different than what the fan is. I'm not saying the fan's not invested, but a lot of times you can see relationships that are unequal or they're not healthy or it's a separation where you're up in the stands, you're not on the field. And so just evaluating that. I think a lot of times that we can become a fan when we start dating or you have a new friend and you're like, I'm just a fan of you. I just like think you're awesome. And then when we really get to know the person, are you still a fan? And I think so often what I see happen is the role in the order of relationships, we jump the gun so fast that y'all are pretending you're committed before you've even made the commitment. Or you're doing... You're making big decisions. Like I was looking up, I had a funny 11 signs that you were in a committed relationship. And it says things like, you include each other into your irregular purchases. <laughs> you enter in contracts together. You share your passwords and pins. You share your keys. You don't shun the social media shout outs. You embrace them. <laughs> so you admit you're, you're with that person to the World Wide Web. And we can laugh, but I think so often we're sharing keys, we're sharing passwords, we're getting into housing contracts, and we're not even married or we're not committed for the long haul. We're committed in this season. And I'm not saying you can't be committed, but I'm trying to challenge you in the order that God calls us is what true commitment looks like. And it's the same with the contracts that you sign up for with work, relationships, it's an integrity thing. And so if you are in a relationship where commitment levels vary, maybe you're the one giving it all and the other person isn't, it feels like one's fan and one's the player. And it's not what God's calling us to. I think there are some of us in this room or maybe you're watching online and you're making committed acts but your heart is far from it. We don't talk much about this, but the Bible says quite a bit about relationships and the order of which a relationship should take place. And a lot of us, we do it out of order and we make committed acts, but our hearts are far from it. And I think healthy relationships, the foundation of safety and security is built upon commitment. And commitments matter. 
And I, we just want to go ahead and say that if you're in that fan player type of relationship don't, and, and then you get married and you're still in that type of relationship, don't be surprised that you're unhealthy in that relationship or you're unhappy because that person never changed that commitment level because you were making committed acts before your heart was committed. We're preaching today. Let's move on, player to okay. player. Player to player, commitment costs, it takes work. Couple quotes for you. You can make a commitment, you can create hope, and when you keep a commitment, you create trust. Bottom line, God calls us to be people who are trustworthy, who are people who hold on to our words and we live them out. I love this one, commitment comes as a result of choice, not conditions. You see, I choose to love him every day. It does not come easy every day. And I'm sorry if that offends some people, but it is a choice every single day that I'm gonna love Andy unconditionally. It's not because I'm hurt. It's not because I don't feel like it. It's not because I'm having a hard day or we've you know, had a hard season or whatever the case may be, but I choose to love him. I choose to let him in. I choose to let him love me back. And I think so often we see it broken. We see it through actions and not our heart and not our words. It's all connected. Some people want everything to be perfect before they're willing to commit. And I see this happen a lot in relationships. It's this checklist of testing. But commitment always precedes achievement. It was a massive breakthrough when Andy and I decided we were going to get married because it was that commitment of we are committed, we're not going back, we're going forward. I know I have that philosophy with our kids. I'm committed to them for the rest of my life, no matter what. When no one is looking, are you still committed? I think a word that we need to revisit in our relationships is endurance. Second Timothy 2, 4, 7 says, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, and I've kept the faith. A lot of times we view that as our relationship with God. But if we, what do we look at each other and we said, man, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept faithful. Commitment is an art and endurance isn't just an idea. I believe it's a needed reality. It's, it's, it's something that, that, that should be birthed within us. And when we look at these relational roles, we see the manager versus player. The manager should be more committed than the player. But if, the, if, if you are a manager and your spouse or significant other or your friend and, and those commitment levels vary, it, be, it can become, it actually can become unhealthy because all you're doing is coaching, coaching, coaching. And, and that fan versus player that's an unhealthy relationship because one person's definitely not as committed as you are because when you aren't winning, they ain't showing up anymore. And what we're trying to say today is we all need to get to a place where our relationship and that relationship role should be more player to player, that we're on the field together, we are to fight together, we're committed together, we're gonna endure together and we're going to win. Can I hear an amen? Amen. I think too, just challenging you that if you feel like you've fallen down to get back up, 
to ask for help, to let your teammate help you up. I think words are powerful. Are we cheering each other on? If you're sitting with your significant other, maybe you need to squeeze their hand. Maybe you need to pray together today. Maybe we need to roll up our sleeves and try harder, but God calls us to commit and it's not too late. We don't want this to be a Debbie Downer message, but we want to challenge you today to live a life of obedience, to live a life that is full of honor and respect. And let's be people who commit and we finish strong. Absolutely. God, God knew when Solomon was dedicating the temple that the Israelites were gonna fail. <laughs> Do you realize that? I mean, they could slaughter all the beef and the sheep and the goats and you can have this party and you can celebrate and you can pay the costs. But at the end of the day, God knew that moments later, days later, months later, that the Israelites would turn away again. And if you've been in a relationship for a time Commitment wins. Sometimes commitment struggles, maybe those feels and those emotions, man, they're just too real. And sometimes it's hard to stay in the game. And, and what, what I'm hoping to do today is just, is, uh, is, is drive that commitment back into that relationship that needs a fresh start once again. And you're not committed to see change, you're committed to that person just as God is committed to you. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, and again, I brought this up last week, the person that you need to be committed to first is yourself. Some of you've just straight up given up on yourself and you need to commit to the person that God has created you to be. Because God believes in you, he's not given up on you. In fact, he's paid a cost that is way far more than anything you could ever pay for. And that's why we come to church every Sunday. We come to church because it's not something we can bring to God, but something that God brings to us. But in the same way, we come as a church and say, God, you know what? Even though our costs may be way lower, we're gonna commit again to you. And that commitment sounds like surrender. So Echo Church, would you stand as we're standing? Can we pray this prayer once again as we do weekly? We acknowledge and understand that there are some people in this room. This whole God thing is a new thing to you. And maybe some of you, you've struggled with commitment in life. Some of you, you don't think God is committed to you, but I can tell you that, that when you felt God was far from you, he was committed to you and that God was calling you by name. And today I hope is one of those days where you can hear his voice simply whispering to you, I am committed to you. I will not give up on you. I, you, no matter if you fail, no matter if you're winning, no matter if you're losing, I am here for you. And I'll tell you what, that's an easy relationship to be in is when that other person looks at you, when the God of heaven looks at you and say, you know, no matter of, with your failures, your struggles, no matter with your dents or your dings, no matter if you have an air on the field, I am committed to you. And that's the relationship that we enter today. So Christy, would you lead us as we just re-surrender to God once again? All right, you guys can say this with me. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. 
I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me. In Jesus' name and in his authority, amen. All right, I just want to pray over all of you today. If you just want to open your hands just in a posture of just surrender and close your eyes. God, we come to you right now and we commit our lives to you. God, we commit our weaknesses. We commit what we're struggling with right now, God. And I was just reminded that what Pastor Sam spoke at Echo High on Wednesday night, that when we are struggling with something, God, you call us to repent. And the opposite of repentance is shame, God. Shame is of the enemy. Shame is something where God, where the enemy wants us to be in a jail cell, feeling like we are losing and there is no hope, God. But the opposite of that is us surrendering to you, God, giving you our weakness, giving you our sin, and giving you what we are struggling with right now, God. And I just pray for every single person in this room that this can be a holy moment where we can realign our life and we can recommit our relationships and what matters to you, God. And some people right now, God, we just need to commit to you. We need to commit to what is right and what you are calling us to, God. I pray, pray for every single person in this room to have lines drawn, God. I pray for the guardrails in their life, God, and I just pray that we can commit to a holy life. It is not perfect, but a life look that looks like that we are seeking you, God. Some of us need to commit to opening the word and to praying and to speaking out what we're struggling with, God. And I just pray right now for you to show us a fresh season in our relationships, God. I pray for a renewal. I pray for hope. I pray for restoration, God. I pray for people to be able to recommit what they know they need to do, God. I pray for that moment of surrender right now that is happening across this room, God. And I just pray right now for purity. I pray that we can bring everything to the altar right now, God. And I pray for the sacrifice that it feels like right now. Or maybe we feel like we can't do it, but I pray that you will equip us and that you will give us the discipline it takes to live a life for you, God. And right now, we just give you every single person in this room. We give you every prayer request, and I thank you for this reminder in your holy name. Amen.
every week I take notes in the message. I take little ideas or whatever it is and put it in this little thing here. I took more notes today than I have in a long time. And I want to speak to something. I want to reiterate an idea and then I want to speak to something that if you've been around me enough, you probably heard me say, but commitment is not, is not a feeling, it is a decision. And I want to tell you, I want to speak against an idea that somehow culturally we have fully embraced, which is this idea of soulmates. I hate that idea and I just want to tell you why. Because the person you're married to is your soulmate. It doesn't matter who you, like the other people in your life that you feel a connection with. If you're dating somebody and you wanna to commit to them, it does not matter if things are perfect. I love this quote from Timothy Keller, no two people are compatible. Your relationship is going to be a mess, but if you believe in an idea like soulmates, what you'll do is you'll, when things get hard, you're gonna be ready to ditch out and find that person that's supposed to be perfect for you. But that's not the way God has called us to live. He has called us to live in commitments, in commitment in our lives. And so I just wanna say that I'm proud of you guys for being committed and being to church today. It is raining outside and for some reason in Minnesota where we have the most extreme weather, maybe in the country, people still don't come to church when it's raining. But you guys, you guys are committed. So I just wanna say thanks. I wanna to speak to someone else today. This weekend is, is Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day has been something we have celebrated in this country in one form or another for more than a hundred years. John 15, 13 says, no greater love than this, that someone would lay down their life for another. So for those of you guys that are in this room that have family members that were lost in war, in times of war and things like that, I just want you to know we love you and we support you and we wanna encourage you. We are so grateful for, for your family members, for your friends. And we just want you to know we stand with you in that. I want to speak to another group of people, which is this year, anybody who stepped out, we have had a lot of, we have a lot of people that go to Echo that never went to church before. I just want to, like a very high percentage of our church is not like, hey, we went to the church down the street, now we're here. A lot of people are making their first commitments. And I just want to do something. Can we celebrate the people that have stepped out in giving this year? When we talk about commitment, to me, giving is the sign that you are committed, right? When you give your time and you give up your finances, that's the sign. To me, that shows you are committed and you're willing to, you're all in with what God has for you. So those of you that have done that this year, I just want to say how proud we are. We also want to celebrate some other people. How about those that said the prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time? And let's keep it going for anybody who is new today. We are so glad that you are here today. We love you guys. Have an awesome week.